Hello, listeners. Due to me getting married last week, me and John have not recorded an episode of the Wrestler Review, so we will be recording and releasing one midweek and then returning to our regular format on Sunday. What we have done for you is put together the entire six-something-hour, seven-something-hour run-through of the Hulk Hogan series we did. So hopefully seven hours of us mocking his tanned body and saying he was actually pretty good uh, is worth it. Please listen to all seven hours. There's an Easter egg at the end. The Easter egg is... Why would I tell you? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the four-week year anniversary special spectacular of the Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, there was only one way here at the Wrestler Review we would celebrate our one-year anniversary. What way is it? And that's talking about when you say thermos, I say cock. You say Hogan, I say doesn't want black people having sex with <laughs> But what happened before that? What happened... Before he was the star, the liberal fucking media <laughs> took down another great American icon. Uh, well, he was in a band where he played a Telecaster that looked like a twig uh, mm-hmm. on his body, and then he started a television show, Thunder in Paradise. In between those two events, I don't know what else happened. Oh wait, he was the greatest wrestler of all time, Ric Flair. Suck it. I will say this. If you look at how quickly someone got wrestling, oh he is one of the quickest. Like, and when you understand that we're he, only going to do the first six years of his career, we're, we're doing also the Seven. part of his career which no one talks about. No, yeah, we're doing the fucking Tower Seven. This guy's career. Is he going to talk about where Tower Seven went, John? I don't know what the Tower of Seven is. Exactly. What is it? Nine Eleven. Oh. The Tower Seven of Screw. All about nine eleven, John. Um, the thing to remember about Hulk Hogan that no one talks about is nine eleven review. He had a career-ending injury that he got in the main event of WrestleMania three and kept wrestling until four years ago. Yeah, because he did those Ric Flair tours where it was like Ric Flair was like, "It's emotional, but goodbye." For the United States, now I'm in Australia. Who wants to fuck? Who wants to fuck? Who wants to fuck? We do. We do. I'm in a financial place where I don't need to wrestle anymore. What's that? Let's get divorced. Hello, other woman. (laughs) Vince, I need to wrestle again. Uh, No, Rick. All right. See you later. This man is literally, I think I saw some, it was like some marketing poll and the most recognizable, the most recognizable American figures are like... McDonald's, it's something like McDonald's, the Dallas Cowboys, and Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. No, McDonald's, the Yankees, Cowboys, and Hogan. Yeah. Levi so like, Jeans, Hulk Hogan. Say that again? Hulk Hogan. What was that? Is that Danish? No, that's just every accent rolled into one. Whoa. Hulk Hogan. Can you do that again? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that was really good, Hulk Hogan. Really good at being offensive. Uh, that's something the liberal media would say. Well, liberal media is going to need to park it because guess what? The cooks are in fucking the kitchen. The cucks are in the kitchen? The cucks are in the kitchen and they're serving up a hot stew of Hogan. <laughs> now, we do pre-record these and I am very worried that... Maybe uh, maybe maybe someone doesn't listen to this through, and the cock starts being you is like basically gets through a whole thing, and that's like a, it's like a slur. Yeah. By no, the time. Yeah, that's a good. point. We are recording this in 2012. Yeah, we are recording this in. Uh, yeah, it Barack, is. Barack, 2012. Barack yeah. Obama has just become the president again. Just become the president. We're gonna have to assume that Hillary Clinton will win in 2016 because there's no viable candidates. On Three side. years ago, I was working at Bubba Love Sponge's house, and Hulk Hogan did some stuff with his wife. I don't. Maybe it will get out. Maybe it won't. That last episode, I kind of want. But we can't. The year is 1976. A young guitar player. No, the year is 1953. Oh, when okay. he was born. Yes. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is you. Here's me. Yes, when he was born, John. You fucking idiot. Oh, okay. Good. Fucking go. 
You fucking, you, you fucking, fucking cunt. cunt. You fucking cunt. Hulk Hogan never drew a fucking dime except all that you did. You're the biggest star ever, but I do not acknowledge you because you couldn't go an hour. I don't acknowledge that fucking cunt because he's too fucking big. Here's what I fucking know. If Bill Watts doesn't like you, neither do I fucking <laughs> do, you fucking cunt. We ordered the shit 20 minutes ago. That's the extent of my Cornette impression. We fucking ordered a fucking wrestler, not some fuck. You don't tear your shirt, you take it off and fold it and give it to a ring girl. <laughs> you, you only got three shirts, you cunt. So Hulk Hogan admittedly was not that aggressive. This sounds weird, but he was not that aggressive a guy. Like He was kind of scared of physical contact. So he played baseball for most of his... Uh, Childhood. It's very interesting. He's not a typical wrestling sort of background. That he was scouted by the Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Still, when Marge Schott was in charge, so you know what that means. She definitely said the word shwoogie in that interview. <laughs> Bro, she was like, uh, Do you like him? What you talking about, dude? Are you talking about black people? <laughs> why, why is that <laughs> in Liverpool? Black people. Um, for those of you who don't know, Marge Schott was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds and was a devout racist and lover of Hitler. So much, Yeah, devoutly, like, yeah. Like, to the point that she was like, if someone's Jewish, they're not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> they just shielded her from... The- and then finally in the 80s, the board of directors would be like, we can't remove her from ownership, but we'll ban her from the stadium. And that's how they finally kind of unseated her from power. It's terrifying. Well, that's why the NBA is great, because they were like... Concrete evidence he's a racist. Get him out of the goddamn league. Well, it's kind of funny because he, uh, he, all right, so he grows up in Florida as a teenager. And also, you have and to understand a, that Florida is one of the hotbeds of wrestling uh, throughout the entire territory era. Because they got Dusty Rhodes, who's obviously an influence on I'm Hulk Hogan. Finished. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll BB, you got to know. Uh, okay, they spin it down. The idea that I Dusty it down Rhodes. I color greens and I pissed on your mom where she was in her jeans. <laughs> like, you have to understand that some of the, like, without Hulk Hogan, the list of biggest stars in the pre Hogan era, they are the least fuckable people. Like, Dusty Rhodes is disgusting. Disgusting looking. How fucking dare you body shame Dusty? I'm not body shaming. His face looks so weird when he's young. Yeah, he has effectively almost two lazy eyes. Yeah, and he has... Making him regular eyes. And his baby face just is so creepily pure. Like, it's just... Yeah. Baby, uh, I put better on my skin so I'm smooth all the time. You know, he has like a... If you would say... Because I do want to get into... Uh, we'll get into this later, but... Um, he has kind of like the same thing as Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but it's just like Hacksaw Jim Duggan looks like he's just a bit dumber than Dusty. Yeah, he, I would agree. Like he's Hacksaw a- is just like a bit too dumb for you to be like, this guy would be the champion. You'd be like, this guy's probably pretty good at fighting. But then the guy tells him to look at his shoes and he does for the rest of uh, time and space. Yeah, like you know that Hacksaw Jim Duggan has fallen for asshole says what every time it's <laughs> <laughs> What did I say? I got, I'm spot on with impressions today. That's you're, my hack you're a really you're, That was like four different people at the same time. You're really good at impressions. Which one of you whores is going to show me your nipples? That was an impression oh. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan was, just did an impression of himself that was spot I would on. never do that. I really want to pet your cat. I, you are that Hogan would never not say. allowed. You um, are not allowed to. So Hulk Hogan was a musician. Have you done any... Reading, you read uh, Hulk Hogan's book that, Hulk by still, the way, has pretty much been discredited. The Hulk Still Rules book. As a when when you're reading that book, you're like, no way, because there's specific stories. I mean, we. I also, by the way, read a PDF version of his second book that came out right after his divorce from <laughs> Linda Hogan, where yeah, he talks yeah. about his uh, the time he almost shot himself in his bathroom. Jesus. And when he describes his bathroom, you're like. I think that's bigger than the house I grew up in. Because he's talking about, he's like, I had one of the chairs we kept in the bathroom and was sitting looking at the mirror and I had a gun and a bottle of um, uh, 151 rum. And it's like, wait a minute, you had chairs you kept in the bathroom? (laughs) And then I moved the dining table in the bathroom to the dining table on top of the dining table in the triple-decker dining table room. Yeah, you all to understand that I have a have a, a dining table room that's inside the bathroom. I sh- I only shit on dining room tables. <laughs> I have a king size bed that's only for club sandwiches. Like, 
Supposedly, the story goes that one time Ric Flair, as a joke, said, why do you care what Dave Meltzer says? You have um, $10 million in the bank. And he went, I have $12 million in the bank. <laughs> Which is to me, so he has $12 million. That answer is a great Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan interview where uh, Ric Flair is just like, this is a very special man to have on this podcast because between him and Conrad, I ask him both for money every week. Oh my God. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. He goes, no, no, no. What he specifically says is, um, this is someone you can count on. And then he goes, and by that I mean when you need to borrow money, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a lot. Like for those of you who don't know, Conrad Murray, I think his name is. Whatever. Either way, he's the guy who hosts Bruce Pritchard's podcast and hosts Ric Flair's podcast. And he's basically a mortgage tycoon of like Arkansas and Alabama that loves Ric Flair and basically is like his supporter financially. Mm -hmm. I just feel really bad for fucking Charlotte because Lord knows she's getting calls from her dad and White Snake songs are in the background. Woo! Baby, I need to <laughs> It's Thursday, and me and Conrad need some fucking money. Honey, woo! You got $1,500 you could Western <laughs> in Manhattan. I'm at a strip club in Red Hook called Hookers. Give me Alexa Bliss's mode number. <laughs> Give me that fucking number, bitch. You fucking can't. Uh, Is that Nature Boy Jim yeah. Cornette? Yeah, Nature Boy Jim Cornette. <laughs> Woo! You fucking can't. <laughs> I'm styling profile, and by that I mean all my clothes are no longer stained with mustard, you fucking can't. It's been 40 fucking minutes since we ordered that goddamn <laughs> cocaine, you fucking can't. You call this a kamikaze that's supposed to have cheese on it, you can't. Hulk Hogan, uh, straining as a wrestler, loved Dusty Rhodes growing up because he grew up in Florida. You're around wrestling in the same way that you'd be around football when you're in Texas or you're around being a goddamn man in the towns that me and Dylan grew up. Yeah. Also, he had this weird thing where he... Uh, so, basically, uh, superstar Billy Graham is just becoming... Not just becoming, but he's an established draw now and no one's ever really looked like well, that What's more, also more important is he's an established draw and he was done to... Give the territory a rest. How Vince Sr. booked the territory is he put a long-term champion that would appeal to one of the ethnic bases in New York, and then the other ethnic bases would come watch their uncrowned champion try and challenge for him. And they put that on Billy Graham for a year so that they could rest up everyone else because they were transitioning away from San Martino and wanting to build towards Bob Backlund. Um, because, what did Backlund represent? Because Bob Backlund would represent upstate New York and uh, Connecticut, so he would be the white meat baby faced all American guy. Okay, they, and then what's but why is why is superstar Billy Graham the go between? The go between is because he doesn't represent anyone, and he's the only time they used a heel champion in that territory. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you need to understand is Billy Graham fucking popped the houses like crazy because they were having yeah. huge problems moving on after San Martino. One of the people they tried to use was Pedro Morales, and I'm quoting a bunch of different sources on this. The reason why they took the belt off Pedro, too many stabbings in Madison Square Garden, apparently. Which I'm sure was one once. I guarantee it was one that was an Irish guy and another Irish guy arguing <laughs> over who's better, the Mets now or the Mets later on. <laughs> I think this Nolan Ryan guy is going to be good. Uh, and also, Billy Graham is fucking... The, you have to understand, there's no pomp and circumstance, no music or anything when he comes to the ring. He looks so crazy in comparison because he's being walked by NYPD officers in the 70s who look like children next to this massive man who gets in the ring in this weird t-shirt that says superstar, yeah. rips it off, starts posing, talks about how he's too hot to handle, too, hold to co uh, too cold to hold... And he's taken, like, I don't know what steroids were back then. Yeah. Like, just, I'm assuming, gasoline and a bunch of, like, we're, what we know now as HGH gasoline. Like, I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, how jacked was he? It's like, remember when Triple H came back last year and you're like, well, there, there's someone that they're not piss testing? That's how jacked he was. But, to be fair, he looked, I mean, for me, whenever but I see so him. so lean. Whenever I see him, I always think, yeah, super lean and, like, Scott's Diner in WCW because he has that many veins. Like no, it's like his skin won't cover the, the amount but the of difference fucking muscle. Is, is that all those guys had a bit of chunk to them, like they looked weighty. Like Superstar Billy Graham was cut, and there didn't look like there was a fucking pound of like fat on him. 
He was fucking impressive and talked him in the ring. It super popped it. Why that's important is that is Billy Graham became the champion the same night Vince McMahon Jr. came on and was starting to learn the business from his dad. Vince McMahon Jr. was the big proponent of keeping the belt on Billy Graham. Unfortunately, Vince McMahon Sr. had already promised it to Bob Backlund, wanted to put the belt on Bob Backlund, so they took it off of superstar Billy Graham, and it basically fucked Billy Graham's ego because he's like, I'm making you all this money and you're still sticking to your plan. That's so stupid. Didn't even really do a return match for it. Vince constantly just wanted to recreate that type of star. Conversely, in Florida, you've got Hulk Hogan going to Hiro Matsuda, getting his leg broken by the fucking guy before he... Um, starts but let's talk about his Hulk Hogan for three years tried to be a bassist. Yeah, <laughs> are we going to talk about that? Well, all right. Well, how does all right? So the way Hogan gets into wrestling is he's playing like. But here's the question, Dylan. What was the name of his band? There was a ton of them. What was one of them called? Ruckus. Yeah, Ruckus. Ruckus was the last one. He's Ruckus like, was the last one. I remember because he. Fuck, he opened for a band that later became the Leonard, Leonard Skinner that plays now. Those that- like, he was opening shows, because, like, what kind of gimmick is it to have, like, if you just have... Because what is his actual... If you just have one... Like six- if, can you imagine if you had a six-foot... Like, he's probably six-foot-six, right? I think he's actually six-foot-six, and they always build him as six-foot-nine. Yeah, six-foot-eight, six-foot-nine. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why not just have a, ba- a band of six-foot-six guys on steroids or just one guy that's so big like he's i've never seen him live but i know people that have like seen him like in airports and they're like he's so wide and i'm assuming like the weird choice of i don't know if we can get in the man i mean we're gonna do four episodes on this so we should maybe probably get into the man uh the man in the man who is terry balea if you will yeah it's kind of weird that he was a bassist because a bassist like it's kind of the it's kind of a weird psychological thing because a bass is I, I'll tell the you easiest exactly why I would guarantee he's a bassist. A bass is the easiest instrument to learn, yes, and become good at, but like a really hard one to master. But it's like really not easy to learn. Like I don't know if you're not musically inclined, you're not musically inclined. But it's also but, one of those things where he's clearly a guy. If you look at the choices in his life, is he wants. I don't think he's ever admitted, but he wants fame. He wants to be a hundred percent. He wants a star, fame. And, the and that's why, why he's a yeah. That's why he's a musician instead of like. But that's why like, you'd also play basses, as you said. It's an, an it's an easy instrument to get competent at. Yeah. And you would be, but also with his look and charisma, like the guy is fucking charismatic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Even now. A hundred percent. You feel I feel sympathy for him in the sex tape trial, and I'm like, shouldn't really feel that sympathetic. You did Ugh, do that. Sinead, the, well, we'll get into that. Eat so much food. Ugh, had so much when food he takes the buffet. phone call, is just. I'm f- so excited. I'm so excited for just that audio. <laughs> like not the racist stuff. The racist stuff. It's like, yeah, he grew up in Florida. Like he's, he's a monster. Uh, you grew up in Florida and were a wrestler. Like, yeah. Watch any Teddy Long shoot interview and the things that Teddy Long is called. Like, just casually mentions. Like basically, like, this is what it is. Who you know we could sue for that now. <laughs> who isn't a racist, Teddy Long? And he's like, uh, John Cena's all right. <laughs> like that Rick, fucking Dean Ambrose, though. Like Ric Flair, he was like that guy. Oh boy, would he say like he like it's crazy. That's insane. And he also sort of hints the Undertaker has some backwards views as well. A hundred percent, he does. Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah, ba- man from Texas. Do you want to do it? I would have loved if Brock just murdered him. The Undertaker, we'll do an Undertaker episode, but that guy seems infuriating. We already did an Undertaker episode. It was the first episode, but it was deleted for sound issues. Ooh, so many sound issues. And if that's deleted for sound issues, good God. You should almost hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so the complaints we get. Anyway, um, yeah, like he wants to be, it's path of least resistance to being yeah. famous. And it's really weird that he, all right, so he gives up. He goes to wrestling school, and he's playing. So he's basically he's playing, but he's playing like in these all night bands. And you have to understand that this was a time like it's the seventies. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a time before you can just give a guy a bunch of vinyl and him like you don't have the option. There's no tape cassettes yet, so no, you can't just hire a guy to play music. You have to buy, get a band. Yeah, you just have to go get. 
Yeah. So Hogan's playing in these like bars in yeah, Florida. He's, he's playing in a bar band. He's playing rock clubs. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like. Yeah. So he uh, wrestlers always would come in because uh, they were in the Florida territory. He finally gets up the nerve to like ask Bob Orton Senior. He asked Bob Orton Senior, and and Bob Orton Senior is like, yeah, actually. We can do a tryout tomorrow. Hiro Matsuda is in. Yeah, great. And Hogan talks about this where they would work six days a week, and then on the seventh day, Hiro Matsuda would come in and train people. And according to Hogan, like this could all be bullshit because the man does bullshit at quite a bit. They didn't tell him it was fake for a year. They just no. he immediately he went for like yeah he did like a, a like a complete day of workout so he could barely move. Uh, and then they broke his leg. Well, he well according to him they put him in the ring and like shoot and whatever and then so he was like okay so he went for a takedown and then matsuda just like basically rolled out and like put him in a leg lock broke his leg well there's two different versions that might be hogan's version the version you'll get on other shoot interviews and other research which is cocky guy from around the town where they operate he's coming in to get trained you're gonna hurt him bad yeah so he walks away thinking it's real if it's Hiro Matsuda, he's going to break his leg because there's a lot of talk of a lot of guys had that happen to, and then they're going to see if you come back. Yeah. And he comes back. Well, the other thing is, this is the Florida Territory, which we've already talked about before, and it's actually weird because Hogan says this, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's backed up in a couple other sources, that he went to school with uh, Mike Graham. Yeah. And... Hogan never played football. He always played baseball, and there was like a baseball-football rivalry, and there would be like baseball-football fights in gym class and shit, and uh, Hogan... Can you explain Mike, quickly who Mike Graham is? Cause we, I, he's uh, he's the son of Eddie Graham's brother. He appears on a bunch of WWE documentaries. He's the guy wearing glasses who you think, oh, that guy's past is probably shoddy, because um, he's another one of those dudes, so, he loved to watch like muscle heads get stretched, especially like... The reason why also is that Mike Graham was... Supposedly the heir apparent to Eddie Graham in terms of Eddie Graham, all Eddie Graham wanted was someone in his family that could carry that territory and protect it because Eddie Graham knew he wasn't a wrestler, so he could never do the thing a lot of promoters did, which put himself in the ring, keep the belt on him. He wanted that to be his son and basically raised him with it. The problem was his mic was too short to be believable. He was like a somewhere in the fives. Mm-hmm. And so Mike Graham evidently le- later on killed himself because he couldn't ever fulfill the dreams of his dad. But, Sad. But incredibly protected. Very, very interesting mind. One of the p- people that helped bring Hogan into Hogan the Hogan 2, Mike Graham 1 because Hogan's a racist. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Graham also was the guy who would have gotten the job if Eric Bischoff would have said no. Whoa. And also was kept on the WCW payroll um, as a creative head the entire time. Whoa. Has some really old school views behind it. Was very on very, Chris race. Benoit, for example. Um, very, on race. Very happy that Chris Benoit left. Uh, one of the reasons why Chris Benoit left, according to Mike Graham, was, well, they put the belt on him and he was still talking about leaving. So I asked him to come chat to me in the arena. And I said to him, if you don't fucking act up, I'm going to cut your fucking head off and put it on Kevin Sullivan's lawn. Jesus Christ. He's a fucking crazy guy. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, because uh, he would just keep in mind he was raised in a house where his parents pretended not to be divorced. Like he's fucking insane. <laughs> well, I mentioned it earlier, but he is the guy who would like they would get bodybuilders and then they would put them in. They would be like, okay, fight this guy. Bodybuilder does not know who amateur wrestling champion is, and then amateur wrestling champion is like, do you want me to hurt him more, Mike? And he's like, light my cigarette first. Yeah, let me. Get his feet exposed. Oh, I do like. Open a beer. And I get, do like a big boy's feet. Open the. Open me a beer and get Harley Race on the phone because I want to let him know what I'm doing. You motherfucker! <laughs> what are you doing? I'm coming. Uh, so, so he starts out, and obviously you get a guy six foot eight because the other thing is we're kind of. Oh, and by the way, I'm an asshole. Eddie Graham was a wrestler. He was just too old at that point. I'm sorry. You're a fucking loser, John. Thank you, Dylan. I deserve that, and I agree. Big head John has no friends. Big head John has no friends. Um, so Hogan's early career is in where, Dylan? What'd you say to me? His early career is where? In China. No, it's Florida, you fucking idiot. The China of America. 
Florida. Did you know that? He does something which is a great thing, which I don't think they do enough, uh, which is they have like this catch-all gimmick called the Super Destroyer. That you just put anyone in? Yeah, because you put them in a mask. Who the fuck did that to? Oh, Trevor Murdoch, oddly enough. Probably the only time I'll ever you'll ever hear that. But Trevor Murdoch came up in like... Because people don't know this. We'll do a Trevor Murdoch episode, but he was like around for a lot of time before he gets the Murdoch and Cade yeah. thing. So Trevor Murdoch is actually uh, in a gimmick that like they gave to Kane originally in the USWA. Oh, the Unibomb. No, it was another one. Because they bring him in as something else, he becomes Unibomb. Anyway, uh, but he was in like, yeah, he was in a mask for like a year or so. And only the people of this like rural fucking community <laughs> see this guy he comes out just like can you imagine doing that? If you're like just the the fluctuation in race and size and just being like that's what it looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> super destroyer destroyed himself, came back like this now. Oh, oh yeah, they actually murdered the super destroyer. Well, I guess you could do to be like robot monster. I do like how like wrestling purists they talk rebuilt about him. They talk about the logic of wrestling, but it's like there was things like the Super Destroyer and the Missing Link, you fucking assholes. You literally, to the logic of wrestling, if you want to apply logic to it, blah, 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 that lineage dies with Toots Mondit. Like, yeah. It literally died 90 years ago when Toots Mondit was like, let's get a guy called the Jew and everybody beats him up. <laughs> yeah. People will throw money for that. Yeah, get me a man named the Reekin. What does he do? Shut up! <laughs> we can real kill a guy every week. We'll just name him the Jew, put him in a mask. When he gets paid, he'll think he's going to live at the end. Ha <laughs> ha, toots mondit. Get me my unicycle. Um, so he does, uh, yeah, Super Destroyer. And, also the, weird, and the weird thing about what, Hogan is... I have to say this is an interesting thing about Hogan, and it's an early Oh, what on, is it? It's an early on point, which everyone is... Everyone really wants to hear. I think they do. Hiromatsuda, no, he doesn't like... <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, he doesn't like the way that Hiromatsuda is training him, so he fucking leaves. Yeah, for sure. Which is, that's not something that young guys in wrestling did, but it's just an interesting sort of character point of Hulk Hogan that he is always very good at protecting himself and his image, for lack of a better He's a word. smart guy. Like, he goes to college. Yes, he drops out, but he takes two classes. He takes, he's a business major. Yeah. Like, no one, first of all, he went to college. Yeah, it's He's true. a guy in the circus who went to college. Very like, rare. Of course he's going to rise to the top of the circus when it's like, is he as athletic as Ric Flair? No. But? He went to... Like, he has a brain inside his head. Even the dumbest guy who has some form of education still has a form of education, you know? it's a fucking great point. Anyway... So yeah, and he's smart. Like you just hear the guy talk. Like he's a super charming guy, and I assume, I assume it's another thing where it's like you meet a guy who's six foot eight. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Andy's outgoing too. Like of course you're gonna be like, this guy's great. Um, so then he goes on. He so leaves, yeah, he does leave Hiro Matsuda. He, he leaves here he stops wrestling for about a year. Re- uh, manages a bar in Cocoa Beach with Ed Leslie, who'd gone. To be <laughs> oh, oh buddy, I would love to manage a bar at Cocoa Beach. Oh, buddy, nothing but tits and weird, jacked up dudes. Mm. You want to do blow? I do blow. Like, I wish I would have. It's a lot of men in capri pants. I've worked in the bar industry. The romantic side of it, whatever. In the end, it's just a lot of shouting over drunks. Yeah, that's great. Dude, that's I. Uh, if you say romance, I just felt love. That's all I want to do. I agree. I'm gonna open a bar called Sports Talk, and if you don't talk about sports, you're brutally beaten. Get the fuck out. And if you're calmly talking about sports, brutally beaten. It's just people screaming stats that are incorrect over one another. Um, I like that. I like you. Before the fall of Rome, that's bare naked ladies. Did you know that? <laughs> I wish I didn't. Ha. Met you. No, fuck. I forgot something. Ah. Forms a tag team with Ed Leslie as the Boulder Brothers in Alabama, (laughs) which is just fucking weird. He turns down an offer to go to Kansas City. Um, They slowly start building up some sort of awareness because of Hogan's look. Jerry Jarrett takes interest and approaches them for coming there. Um, Well, another thing is, like, at this point, he's driving everyone around because everyone's like, 
everyone's giving him the shit, right? And uh, he he's driving around the wild Samoans who literally are like... That's not yet, is it? Is that yet? No, that's not- I thought that was like the first couple years. No, I thought the wild Samoans story, that happens when he gets to New York because Gorilla Monsoon bails them out. Oh, oh, when the uh, when they get arrested, and he, they won't speak English. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was just like because he was saying regularly. This is before the arrest. Is regularly people would be like, uh, he had a girlfriend at the time who like had a nice car. So the old guys would be like, "We're using your girlfriend's car," and just get drunk and piss their pants in the back seat purposely, and just like, ha ha, <laughs> what assholes, huh? John's talking to the kitty. I am talking to the kitty. She's so cute. So cute. Um, so then they go work with Jerry Jarrett. When they're working with Jerry Jarrett, he happens to be near Lou Ferrigno. And because of his size, uh, um, he dwarfs the Hulk, which sort of plants the seed. Supposed- really, uh, apparently, uh- and that's, by the way, a supposed story that he tells. Why the fuck is Lou Ferrigno in Memphis, Tennessee? Local talk show, bro. Apparently it was on a local talk show. They were sat next to each other, and then it was like, "Oh, you're bigger than the other guy." So they gave him the name Hulk Boulder, which is a precursor to Hulk Hogan, Horace Hogan. Thank you. What? Yeah, because his name was Horace Boulder, and then they changed it to Horace Hogan. Oh, you're right. Boo. Here's how wrestling goes: Superstar Billy Graham, Hulk Hogan, Horace Hogan. Wrestling's done now. No more wrestling. When Horace Hogan, this prequel to the Disciples of Action, the prequel to the Aces and Eights, is out of wrestling, I don't want to hear about Here's it. Here's my question. What was the other name he wrestled in uh, under in Memphis, and it's the worst name ever? No domes, Dylan. Sterling Golden. Yeah, Sterling Golden. Ugh. And in this corner, wearing gold, it's Sterling Golden. That's his example of like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I cut my, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, cut I my mean, teeth. I had three years of making, oh, yes, a lot of money still. Here's the thing to remember, by the way. he It's now 1979, and he's heading to the Fed. Um, uh, after, by the way, he does face in a Basically match two, in, two in years. 79, mm-hmm. has a match with Harley Race, who's the champion at the time. In two years... Based purely on look, like I can understand his point being like wrestling's a look and storyline business because from my perspective, I've never had to do a drop toe hold, nor do I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is, uh, it's the late seventies, and he's working like NWA territories. He's not in. Vince hasn't consolidated wrestling yet, yeah. So it's not all like just one type of dude. So he's That's not like the fifth biggest guy in the company. He anywhere he goes, he's so much bigger than anyone else. And quite frankly, with the exception of Jesse Ventura, who is in Minnesota at this time, no one else has really got this look and this style of yeah. being a talker. His talking doesn't really come until he goes to the Fed, is renamed Hulk uh, Hulk Hogan. Now the reason why they called him Hulk Hogan is part of it was he was to dye his hair red, and they would finally get an Irish champion, which is what Vince McMahon Senior wanted. Because that was mm-hmm. a large population of their crowds, and he saw how much money they made with Bruno Sammartino, who became an, a, basically the hero of the Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they still they trotted Bruno out as a way to pop the garden up until WrestleMania, and like we're talking about like maybe WrestleMania two, like the big moment that got Roddy Piper over in New York was when he called Bruno a wop in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Which something, by the way, they didn't tell Bruno. And when Bruno starts swinging at Roddy Piper... Yeah, it's real. It's real. And those are actual NYPD cops that they were like, you need to go get Roddy Piper. And they were like, why? They are like, you will know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You ever hear the story about like uh, Larry Zbysko was the hugest Bruno San Martino fan and got into wrestling because of Bruno San Martino yeah. and just wandered into his backyard... And Bruno San Martino went like lifting what he thought was two houses. <laughs> Just because Bruno, we'll do a Bruno episode, but it's like, yes, he has big arms, but he has like that. My girlfriend's dad has it too, where it's just fucking 
just that goddamn immigrant strength where it's like, my hands are the size of two Buicks and my forearms are seven Buicks. Yeah, what do you eat for breakfast every morning? Well, that would imply that I eat in the morning, which I don't because I'm a man. <laughs> I get up at 5 a.m., I fuck my wife, and I, st- I don't get No hungry. kissing. I just know that sometimes people need to take care of eggs. <laughs> Kissing is decadent bullshit. Thank you. (laughs) Bullshit is what kissing is. The only thing that I do that resembles what a woman does is that I do shit, but I do it standing up like a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It drips down my leg like a man, goddammit. Um, It wanders away from me like no woman does. So he um, he basically has a two-year run. In the WWF. Um, he, by the way, refuses to dye his hair uh, red because he, his hair is already really falling out. Yeah. And he demanded I'll be a blonde Irish person, which apparently really affected his push, by the way, because he went from that to being a heel with classy Freddie Blassie as his manager. Well, the other thing is, you gotta. T- t- and what a cape. The one thing you gotta say is uh, there's another story where he, like, walks backstage in, uh, in a tie dye shirt and. Um, Oh, I actually don't know the story. Tell it. Oh no, he walks backstage. First thing he does, he like rushes out. Like they're like, oh, everyone says, oh, you gotta go to the, uh, you gotta go to New York because it's a big man territory. So he does. He sends eight by tens. They're like, come here and do this. He walks backstage at the garden. He's in a tie dye shirt. Vince Senior sees him, and so many people thought he was superstar Billy Graham. Apparently, that Vince Senior is like, you never fucking do that again. Because the thing you think about, of course they want him to dye his hair red because superstar Billy Graham was their champion years earlier, and he also is a balding guy with long blonde hair. I no, I completely. Yeah. So he already looks, and he basically says like, "We want you to change your look so you totally don't look like superstar Billy Graham." And he says, "Uh, no, I'm gonna though." Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm not. Well, you know, and once again, it's clear who he's emulating. And also, I got news for you: like Billy Graham, what that was a winning formula. Billy Graham is the. Yeah. Is so fucking interesting to watch. When you watch 70s New York wrestling, it's like Bruno puts him in a bear hug at minute five, and you're like, oh, we have 45 more minutes to go. Yeah. Like they're billed to a dropkick. It's just not that interesting. But fucking Billy Graham, you're like, I'll watch this whole match to see if they do an interview at the end. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what I think Vince McMahon Jr. did. Yeah, he absolutely. He shortened the matches because obviously you just fifteen minutes. These guys aren't very good at this. That's the thing. <laughs> so then, yeah, he brought that in, and we're jumping the gun. We'll get to this with Hulkamania. He was also getting a lot of territory guys that were a bit beaten up, in particular Roddy Piper that was brought in to get Hogan over. That were beaten up, and Roddy Piper just couldn't work that many matches and couldn't work that much. But he was getting all the fucking best talkers, like the. The thing that was the big WWF advantage was that they always had better interviewer guys. Like even in the Attitude Era, an Austin promo is better than a Hogan promo, and Hogan's promos are great. Yeah, it's more watchable, and then and that's what that's what is kind of that's why I think as they move more towards like a Triple H booked product now, it'll be way more. It'll be way better because um, they don't flat out just don't have the interview guys that they used to yeah or if they do they're not letting them like develop naturally like they don't have like two or three out of the park interview guys and that's when always when wwe at least always struggles is because they don't have the guys that fit into the formula of how vince thinks wrestling works or vince's style of wrestling yeah it's vince's style of wrestling which you can understand it's just like and as soon as you know that the first champion he saw that drew crazy money was superstar billy graham you're like well that's why he thinks the way he does yeah, exactly. That's when he starts doing it. Well, um, and that it builds towards Hulk Hogan. Now Hulk Hogan does a year. The big sort of we should take a break. We'll we'll take a break gonna, and then get into a, the take a break and talk get into the, the AWA. But uh, no, no. You, but we just can we just talk about the Andre the first Andre? Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. Okay, his first match with his manager is classy Freddie Blassie is uh, against Andre the Giant at Shea Stadium, which was on the undercard of the Inoki Muhammad Ali boxer versus wrestler fight. Really? I think so, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't think it was the main event. I'm a bag of shit. It's the wrong Shea Stadium one. Yeah, it's, eight, it's 1976. Yeah, it's 1980. It's the one that's Larry Zabisco, uh, Bruno Sammartino as the uh, main event, but it wasn't the main event. It was a special attraction, which was Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan, literally the biggest guy versus the second biggest guy. 
Yeah. And it was the undercard thing. And it's also very interesting, never mentioned it. They didn't mention it in the lead up to WrestleMania 3. They didn't? No, didn't mention it once. Of course they didn't. They don't do that. Like, that must have been so frustrating. Like, oh, we're just going to pretend this doesn't happen? Like, for guys back then. Because you think about how angry everyone got about the Triple H Undertaker, where they'd be like, Triple H Undertaker at WrestleMania, you know, when they did it. Not, obviously not the American Badass. Yeah, when they did Versus yeah. Dead Man twice. And they called yeah. it the end of the era, basically being like, it's the end of when things were good. <laughs> this is the last time any of this will be interesting. Um, so, yeah. Um that is interesting, but that's it's important to note that they just forget about shit. Like yeah. he, they just can forget about shit. Well no, one man decides we can forget about shit and everyone just is forced to listen to him. And his name is Vincent Kennedy McLeon. And he just decides, fuck it, we're not Yeah, it doesn't work with this, so let's just not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, how about we don't talk about this? All right, we're gonna go to break. Let's go to break, and then we're gonna talk about uh, Uncle Vern's House of Voltrunks. Yay! And Thunderlips, Thunderlips. Ooh, what a break we're having! That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again, ladies and gentlemen. Please rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review. Of course, if you also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. We're back. Dylan, the year's 1980. Old Terry Bollea is leaving New York and heading to the welcoming bosom of Vern Gagne. Do you know why he left? I think it was because Freddie Blassie called him a uh, pencil-naked geek. Oh, that's true. And hit him with a cane. I got to say this. Freddie Blassie fucking rules. He's great. If they, Like I say, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or just call you every day and whisper it, but if the invasion angle was better, that Freddie Blassie speech would have been fucking like one of the greatest things on pro wrestling. The idea that he was their voiceover man for every pay-per-view of the Attitude Era. like That, that deep, gravelly voice. Where, of course. And men become men. <laughs> and women are not asked questions because they're not people. Like, that's Freddie Blassie. Oh, and he fucking women just give you the thing you like and then they say, you're welcome. Uh, Freddie Blassie by the way, broke Regis Philbin's finger. Whoa, how? On television, he ruffled his hair, and this was in like when out the LA territory was big with like the Blonde Bombers and Freddie Blassie. Yeah, and he ruffled his hair, and uh, he just grabbed it. He just grabbed his hand and, t- and broke it, and like he just, Jesus, and like everyone was like, "What the fuck?" And he was like, "Protect the business." I protect the business by fucking only the top grade cunt. <laughs> oh my god. Top shelf. You're not looking at the darkness, the clouds that rolled slit. in on Dylan's eyes. In 1980. Premium. I just want to say this. Okay, why did he leave? I actually don't know why he left the foot. Uh, fed the f- uh, money? No, uh, according to Saul Hogan, uh, and this sounds, cause I was going to say oh, this is according to Hulk Hogan because it sounds fucking straight made up gangster style, uh, is that he left because he got this role he got so he gets an agent basically and starts acting he starts going and be like i'm gonna be an actor too because yeah. like you say we talked about the basis thing he just wants to be famous so he went i'll be an, i'll be an actor too maybe there's some shit in that and uh he gets the thunder lips part so he gets the thunder lips part you're jumping ahead no but this is what he says happens he but says thunder lips wasn't until 82 yeah well this is this is the time this is no the, because i was in the awa but here's what I'm saying. Okay, go ahead, because I think you're definitely wrong. No, but no, this is this is according to to Saul to Saul Kogan. Hulk Hogan says that he that Vince McMahon Sr. said, I don't know wrestler wrestlers aren't celebrities, they're wrestlers. So by putting you in this Thunderlips thing, right? Like that's not our character. So people can't see you as that character. And then pay and see you as Hulk Hogan as well. 
Doesn't that sound fucking... It does, except for the fact he left the Fed in... 1980. 1980, and Rocky Three was filmed... It was released in 1982? Yeah, so I it would have been filmed around that same time. I would have said it would have been filmed in 81, you bag of shit. I don't know. Look it all up. But like, that's what he said. He said he said he left because he got this role as Thunderlips, and Vince McMahon Sr. said, no, you can't do that because... Which is such a 180. Like, oh, okay. if, if, if Vince McMahon, if, if Roman Reigns got like a bit part, and especially the way, if you want to talk about pro wrestling, the way Thunderlips comes off in that movie where it's, it's amazing. Like, he throws the fucking main character into the into the third row. If Roman Reigns came in a, had a movie where like, what's the fucking... He was is there in, anything com- if if in the next Fast and Furious Roman Reigns Superman punched Vin Diesel and Vin Diesel was like I guess you're just stronger than me Roman Reigns yeah Vince McMahon would explode into cum yeah he would, he would be in, it would be his whole body would this become is what cum. you would hear all over the world oh, <laughs> uh, 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 Linda uh. come here maybe your cunt will be moist <laughs> the first time I made the love idea Linda. that Linda McMahon this sweet woman is she is not a sweet woman is she's a Republican she's a Republican politician that no, woman probably the reason why she's a Republican politician is because Vince McMahon is like damn a cunt like <laughs> <laughs> for sure she I just I don't think I should be able to talk <laughs> I don't <laughs> call me old fashioned, but what I'm doing right now, y'all listening to me, that's bad. Yeah. You know how I held a job? Inappropriate. I had Shane, I had Stephanie, and then I sewed it shut. It is we're all aware of it. He don't come out of it. Like Shane was conceived out of wedlock. That's pretty much obvious, right? How based, do you know? based on the age difference between him and Stephanie and when they got married, that like Well, what's the age difference? Like six or seven years? Shane's older? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I do. don't fucking... I don't give a shit. You do. You, you fucking, fucking bitch. Do. All right, so uh, starting in 1980, he starts going to New Japan. Oh, my God, you are completely right. Cause yeah. he, But he, it was, he left for a Japanese tour and was taking time off from the New York Territory. He was going to come back. He yeah, because he would always do like a... That's what it was. So the timeline, you're absolutely right. Daddy is wrong. But filmed it in 81. Another very interesting thing about uh, Hogan in Japan, and this is something he regrets... Is that he's the Ichiban? Uh, well, no. He means uh, number one. I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like your accent. <laughs> I don't like it, um, is that he uses the Axe Bomber as a finisher, which is a clothesline, just a clothesline variation. Yeah. And if he used that, he could still do his finishing move. Yeah, it's so weird that he doesn't. The le- Is there a reason for him using the leg drop, or is it just kind of an arbitrary, like, ah, think- it's a leg drop? He does it very, thea- it's way more theatrical, I will say that. It's, it's It was to give a pop, and it was also something to do when the guy was on the ground to pin them. Like, it was a com- he wanted to do, like, a combination. Yeah. And it also, the thing with the leg drop is, besides the Axe Bomber, the leg drop is one of those things where it builds towards. It's why the people's elbow really works as a move as well, is that he hits the rock bottom, and then you're like, oh, here comes that thing. Do you know what I mean? He hulks He hulks the fucking spine buster, and that's the people's elbow. No, he would do the rock bottom, and then he would people elbows them. No, that's a spine buster, a thousand percent. No, it's the rock bottom. If he's doing it like the end of a WrestleMania, he does rock bottom into the fucking it's always spinebuster. No, it's not always spinebuster. Always spinebuster. Oh, every time. Every time he's ever wrestled ever. Every fucking time. Child. Oh, I didn't realize that you were wrong about every always spinebuster. Oh, is it always spinebuster? Always spinebuster. Let us see you've committed to that. Please people tweet at the John Hastings, you're fucking idiot. It's hey, please uh, tweet at Dylan Gott. Read any book. The Iliad would have that in it. Yeah, the Iliad has that in it. It's a weird version I have. The Chiliad. <laughs> That's my book. Don't talk about it. No, mine is like... Oh, is it? You stole everything from me, including my wife? What's Ooh. it like? Fucking my wife, Dylan. Why are you Spine crying? Spinebuster. People's Elbow. That's how Both nicknames we for my balls. Rock Bottom. Oh, yeah. No, I think they're rock... He actually rock bottoms people. Oh, that's people, interesting. And then he does a moonsault, and then he does a... And then he cries. Oh, is that what he does? Yes. Well, fuck you. Your mic's turned off, so go fuck yourself. You can still hear me. You can still hear me. I turned it back on. 
rock bottom, people's elbow. Oh, and then and then maybe he does a he does a fucking. Why sweet are you doing an impression of yourself? Music. Why are you doing an impression of yourself? Because you're a fucking fat bitch. You're a bitch. I will own you. I will fuck you. No, you won't. I will. I'm gonna fuck you. Ain't nobody can own this pussy. That's true. It's too ta- too hot to uh, handle, too cold to hold. Now, after Rocky Three, which again really fucking makes wrestlers look good. Yeah. Uh, he's going back and forth to Japan. We're debating to just do his own Japanese episode. No, well, I mean, we can talk about. It. Let's talk about it now. Well, he all right. So he, it's just interesting watching him more in Japan because you. All right, so watching him in Japan, he actually uses professional wrestling moves and bumps, and like works hard. Because they don't take no shit. No, he's a, yeah, he's a much. Because he comes over. The reason how he gets over in Japan is because he comes over as Stan Hansen's tag team partner, which is like yeah, yeah, like what it, they it's like pairing. It's basically the same thing as they try to do with the un, where Nathan Jones, where they paired him with the Undertaker. Yeah, like it's just like oh, you're now the one of the strongest people in the company. Yeah, you're with this guy, except you, Nathan Jones couldn't do shit. Yeah, um, and uh, and. What I but I, what but where he really becomes, where this guy really becomes what will become the basically the face of professional wrestling, for the next. Still, I got news for you. He still kind of is. Yeah, Stone Cold's a big star, and The Rock is obviously the biggest star pro wrestling has had. But Financially, like, but The Rock is more thought of now as an actor. Steve Austin. That's insane. When they when you say like Steve. The Austin, Rock is. The highest paid actor, actor in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. A guy who couldn't... If he had been successful, he may just still play for the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that fucking crazy? It's fucking insane. Anyway. Uh, so, in he's basically like a... He's a special. He's a special attraction guy, right? Like he's a he's a gaijin who comes in, does short tours, and he would still do short tours. Like I remember one of the first, like uh, he was. It was built into pro his pro w- wrestling it illustrated into his WCW I, contract. Yeah, because one of the first pro wrestling illustrated I bought was uh, Hulk Hogan throwing the WWF and WCW titles in the garbage and saying, "I want the IWGP belt," and being like, "I was the IWGP champion. That was the it's the pinnacle of professional wrestling." Like I, I, and so I have to crazy. Get back there. Um, but he's one of the big. Are you going to talk about the the tournament? Just not to tip what you're about to reveal. But one of the big things that they let him do. What is it? He beats Anoki. Yeah, he beats Anoki uh, to win the IWGP title. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, and by the way, this is still, he does that in 83. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sakes, man, you started wrestling five years ago, six years ago? Six years ago, yeah. He beats an Okie, but that's the thing. For all the stuff that's like, Hulk Hogan is fast-tracked in a way that, like, almost is under the giant level because he's like... Not only is he huge, you can just see that this guy has something that it's a kind of a weird talent to have as a guy that big to be like, oh, it's, you're obviously we want to book you as the like monster, but he's so personable. It's also there's this interesting quality that George the Animal Steel talked about that was a problem with him is that you could never and you can see how this affected the Federation, which was how you used to always end territory shows and spot shows was biggest baby face getting beaten up in the ring. So yeah. when you came back to that town, he'd get his revenge, and you'd do a chain, and you'd constantly do that. You couldn't do that with Hogan because they wouldn't believe anyone could could defeat him. Mm-hmm. So they always had to end with him playing the music and posing in the ring so that then people would be like, oh, that's that's who that is. Like, that's the champion, and that Well, and it's also the idea of, I mean, we're jumping the shark, jumping the gun here, but... The also the idea of that the AWA comes up with where he is the he is a superhero. Yeah, well, we're gonna go back to the AWA. The one thing I just want to talk about is a match I would love to see is because he wrestled Abdullah the Butcher a bunch yeah. in Japan, which is he is the perfect Hogan heel. I yeah. can understand why Vince never brought him in because he's the grossest man in the world, and you know you can't use a fork. <laughs> well, yeah, when the Rock and wrestling like, oh, isn't wrestling cute and adorable? That guy. Because Abdul the Butcher can do this thing. 
I don't know if you've ever seen hardcore matches like this. He can put a fork inside, like un- he puts a fork on his skull underneath his skin. So you can, yeah, you can. He stabs people in the forehead. Ah, fuck, who who did I forget? Who did I see do this? I think that was like a local Toronto guy. Fork stuck into his skin, and then a guy hit it with a chair. I was like, ah, yeah, it's fucking gross. Oh my god, I, this isn't a, a part of the. Oh, we, we got to talk about this. Have you ever seen? Uh, you should watch this. Everyone watch this. Vice. It's the Vice. Uh, it's Vice, and then just type in Combat Zone Wrestling, and. Vice did uh, a documentary where they actually go to t- the Tournament of Death, which is <sighs> just in some guy's backyard. And uh, basically a guy like um, – they've started doing – I didn't know this, but not a board with a nail, but like a Kenzan, which a Kenzan is what it is. is like a, Imagine like a coffee cup, yeah. but then the bottom of the coffee cup is just has nails on it. And then what they do is they put the Kenzan on the guy's head and they actually hit a chair and it goes into the guy's fucking skull. And Hulk Hogan did that. <laughs> that was Hulk that Hogan. was the original draft of Thunderlips. Uh, that was how the Thunder and Paradise pilot went. Really? No. Cool. It's just yeah, backyard wrestling and CZW sucks so like. By the way, without CZW, who would we not have? Dean Ambrose, John Mosley, everybody. I like uh, only thing I had con- Moxley. By the way, it's not Mosley. Uh, was it Mo- Moxley? You fucking bitch. <laughs> Uh, all right, so he goes to the AWA. <laughs> goes to the AWA. Is the AWA the most two most important years in the career of Hulk Hogan? I would say yes. Absolutely. It's also, fuck me, Vern. Learn you could have beaten Vince in a day if you'd held on to this fucking guy. Yeah. Like, well, well and also, okay, because here's the thing is they, they, they want to bring him in as a heel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work because he's in Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. which is now happening as he's in the AWA. Also, what's very important is, and it's a great point, is that it shows that he's a nice man at the end of that. Like, it doesn't say that wrestling's fake, but it shows that Thunderlips, like, stops and is like, hey, man, can I have a photo with my kids? Like, for my kid, like, let's have a photo together at the end, and it shows that he's a nice, charming guy, which is a tip to all the wrestling fans that would go see that movie. They would be like, oh, that's a nice guy. Or anyone who would be a look-see fan be like, oh, I like Rocky III. Let's go see that guy wrestle. Why he, They wouldn't boo him. They'd cheer him because they actually know who he is. He has name recognition yeah, above and you, everyone else on the bill. Especially also when your champion's Nick Bockwinkle, and it's like, man with an old lady chest versus greatest-looking gentleman in Minnesota. Well, yeah, and, it, and also guy who's five times the fucking size... You know? Yeah, absolutely. He's five times the size of this man, and he can't beat him. And yeah. he's supposed to have like hour long draws and shit with him. And Vern Gagne also is such a dickbag, and it's just like, that makes sense. Nick Bockwinkle is a chain wrestler. Hulk Terry Bolea Hogan is a, he's a bitch. Oh, shit. No, here's another reason uh, why he, um, here's another reason why he left the Fed. Is uh, Hulk Hogan, I mean, this is, claim- he claims it, um, is, fuck, is it this time or another where he, he he claims at least he's the first person to sell his own merch? Yeah, he he starts selling t-shirts and stuff like is that. Is that in the AWA or the... It's the AWA, yeah. Yeah, he starts selling, like, because here's well, why the AWA they, well, is the really AWA, The AWA starts merchandising certain things. They start with Yeah, uh, but no, figures. but Hogan... And one of the big things they start with is uh, weasel suits and weasel sort of signs and stuff like that for weasel matches with Bobby Heenan, where if his wrestler loses against Greg Gagne, he has to put on the weasel suit. That was the sort of first big thing. The other thing that really makes the feud with Bockwinkle is Bobby Heenan is in the corner, and you can see that yeah. Logan learns from that and really fucking want, likes that dynamic of mm-hmm. heel manager. And essentially, Hogan's career could be summed up as Hulk Hogan v. B. Heenan. Pause that. I'm gonna. But just returning to the t-shirt thing, another reason he like leaves the Fed is because like he also is like sees people doing entrance music and he really likes it. Yeah, and Vince Senior is not having entrance music. How it's dare so you? weird that like that all could the rile different- up the Puerto Ricans. <laughs> They're a dancing people. Eugenics, Vince Eugenics Senior. Um. So anyway, the he starts selling his own T-shirts, and then everyone's pissed off at that because he's like selling it. From what I gleamed from it, at least he's selling it on the grounds too. Like he's 
he said he says, "Oh, I was selling them out of the trunk of my car," but he's literally selling like all these T-shirts. He's selling them in AWA as well. Uh, Vern wants a cut, and he is, this is the first time he tells Vern to fuck off. And, and that's the other thing. The he's other a dude who knows his fucking worth. Like he knows his worth. He's being he's put thing. through all these like it's six years. What is it? It's five years and four years into his career. He's already hit the AWA. He got in Thunder Lips. The way they tried to like debut him was. It was just Jimmy Valiant talking about the size of his arms, but then they had to drop. Had like to you drop didn't even Jimmy see Valiant. his face; you no, just yeah, saw his arms. Just saw his arm. Yeah, his arm for uh, the longest time. But the other thing that's very important about the T-shirt thing and all that sort of stuff is it also identifies him with a brand. Because in the end, it's a territory, mm-hmm. and Minnesota's not that big, so people are mm-hmm. aware of him, know him. It's a hotbed. It's also Vern Gagne fucks him by not putting the belt on him, because it also starts cooling Hogan off. Mm-hmm. And that's also why Hogan starts getting ready to leave is because Hogan's making a shit ton of money between Japan and the T-shirts, but because he doesn't have the belt, it's now cooling off the matches. People already have bought a T-shirt; they're not going to buy other T-shirts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. the uh, The other thing is he understands. Like I said, this is all comes down to Hulk Hogan, who he is, and knowing his value. Like you say, uh, Rocky Three comes out in 1983. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. He leaves for the Fed in 1983. It's 82, pardon me. It's 82. 82. And he leaves in 83. But he knows that's his window. He knew mm. in 1982, if I'm Thunderlips and uh, the AWA is on national television. Which it is. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Also, but I need to be the champion. I need to be the champion. I need to be the face I'm of number company. one. I'm destroying everybody. I'm Hulk Hogan. Is one of the guys, and this I do actually believe is one of the big people that were pushing for it. Was Bobby Heenan because Bobby Heenan is smart enough to know that his payment at that time was a stake of the fucking gate. Yeah, and he's smart enough to go. We've already done Bockwinkle champion. This guy chasing. Give him the belt, and we get to do it all over again with Bockwinkle now chasing him for the belt. It gets so far as that um, they're gonna do it. They're gonna give the belt to Hogan, and at the last minute, Vern puts a contract in front of him saying that he gets a cut of his Japan money and a cut of his T-shirts. Hogan doesn't agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Does the match, and then call. And then it, this is disputed of whether or not he called Vince or Vince called him. Mm-hmm. And he goes and meets in Ho, uh, Vince's kitchen very soon afterwards. The Ganyas get wind of that, um, and want to try and stop him legally. Say they have contracts. Try and just hold it up in any way they can. They, but Vern goes. Well, he's not going to not do the bookings. So we'll just we'll just make sure that we don't put him over in any of those bookings, not realizing that Hogan's just going to leave. Yeah, Hogan left with no jobs, bad times. But the AWA really is important because this is, all right, legitimately everything down to the fact that you know Mean Gene Mm -hmm. saying dude, like the surfer Billy, surfer babyface Billy Graham, Vern Gagne is the one who came up with hulking up. Like, Vern Gagne came up with hulking up. Like, when someone beats you down, you should get so mad you should shake. And that's how you power. And that's, like, your... Yeah, the more you hurt him, the Exactly. They start calling him the Incredible Hulk Hogan. Like, literally every single thing except for the red and yellow is already in place. The other thing that's very important, this is also the beginnings of him and Jesse Ventura's extreme hatred for each other. Mm -hmm. Because Jesse Ventura's opinion, and I disagree on behalf of Jesse Ventura is Jesse Ventura's like that should have been my gimmick I could have done that I thought Jesse Ventura didn't like him because of the whole union thing it was part of that that was where it built up but they apparently Jesse claims it was that Hogan claims he was like that guy never liked me tried to hold me back tried to get my spot in the AWA Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's a contentious relationship. Also, you know, Jesse Ventura is a dick. He did go on the Howard Stern show and claim that um, Hulk Hogan had a tiny penis and um, had a bunch of sex charges that uh, from various territory things that Vince McMahon paid to go away that he had to then stop saying because Vince McMahon apparently, I am sure, called him and was like, say that again and I will own your house. <laughs> well, Jesse Ventura also hosted a show called Conspiracy Theory where... He <laughs> he approaches a bunch of security guards at like a weird government facility and tr- demands they answer questions about a half man, a half ape creature. Oh, Jesse Ventura also <laughs> sued the fucking uh, the FAA because he's like, I shouldn't have to go through airport security. I was a governor. You know, I'm not a terrorist. And they're like, that's not what this is about, Mr. Ventura. Oh, isn't it though? Get out of my emails, Barack. 
Building seven. Building seven. <laughs> Where did Tower Seven go? Yeah. Um. So he hulking up comes through this time. The you know something dude. And the other thing is, here's the thing because the Japan bookings. We talked about this in the Vergani episode, but Vergani. Like his, be- it goes from, I'm the champion. I know I'll never leave. My best friend is the champion. I know he'll never leave. What's also the other thing that happens in the AWA? What's the term they start using? I don't know. Hulkamania. Oh wow! Start using hate. Everything is set up. So what Vern tries to do, this is true, is he tries to get Hulk Hogan to fuck his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he ke- like legit keeps on being like fuck my daughter she's got a pussy you got a dick he said and hulk hogan's quote was uh she had a rocket body but she had a face like greg <laughs> <laughs> so she was hot is what you're saying but you know what i mean we've all been there yeah and i've done it. we've all seen the uh oh this oh i know that person's there I'm was a guy. There was a uh, lady in our high school who a lot of people were like, "Wow, she looks like Nicole Kidman." I'm like, "Nah, she looks like my friend Mark, who's her brother." That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> He's weird and he has a pointy face. <laughs> How is every part of your face pointy? This is really bad. But there was a girl that we went to school with, and I feel so bad because the entire school. When I say entire school, I mean the entire school called her ape face. Jesus, how'd your mom deal with that? Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, the warlord here? <laughs> um, the entire school called her ape face, and oh boy, do I just I know that that ape face. <laughs> like, and she did look like a monkey. Like, <laughs> like I feel incredibly bad about it. But that also, what's happened when you're black at John's school? Wasn't black white woman. You're a racist. She was a white person. White person. Ape face. Jesus Christ. So they start using Hulkamania. He starts hulking up. Of course, he already has the leg drop in place. Um, He's got everything, and it's also- Mean Gene. The only thing they- Literally, the only thing the Fed did was add- Plus, he's an American. (laughs) And that doesn't come right away, by the way. That. But can you imagine- Imagine a reality- where Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon now. Because, all right, that's using an AWA thing. Yeah. Which Vince never does anymore. And it's stupid. And it's the thing that defines his company. But to Vince McMahon, he goes, no, we took that from a regional idea and we made it international. Mm-hmm. We marketed it properly. It's like, no, mm-hmm. he was already doing the T-shirt. It's everything Hogan brought to the You table. literally brought a, a more fun color scheme. And you didn't. They didn't get to the red and yellow, by the way, until he didn't do red and yellow consistently until around WrestleMania three. Yeah, like he was. He would wrestle in white trunks. He'd wrestle in blue trunks. Like he would vary it up. It gets boring though. Seeing the same. I was thinking about this. Seeing the same fucking shit all the time gets so boring. The like I per- wish they would just have different outfits. The only person that I do I don't mind it with is Steve Austin. Everyone else I'd like the very exactly. Like, exactly. I love that Ric Flair. Every single one of his matches, it's a different color scheme. As long as the trunks match the robe, it bugs the shit out of me when he'd walk to the ring in a white robe with red trunks. Go fuck yourself, Rick. Learn how to fucking pack, you drunken idiot. <laughs> well, yeah. So. He Vern does try and make Hogan a part of the family, and the like I said, the weird thing about the history of the AWA and the history of professional wrestling is everything could have been completely different if Vern Gagne's daughter had a better face. <laughs> <laughs> like if Vern Gagne's if Vern Gagne's daughter had my fucking face. We'd be talking about AWAs. Uh, I actually, I think Vince would have eventually gotten there. One hundred percent. Well, because it was down. I mean, by all by all accounts, it was uh, down. It was between Hogan and Kerry Von Erich, and I think they could have just made Kerry Von Erich. 